But there are people, if you, if you do the right targeting, if you have the right message, you can do a webinar or have an activation funnel that will take someone from practically almost cold to buying something that's $1,500, $2,000, maybe $597, you know, anywhere in between there. It is absolutely possible. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today's guest in studio is Joel Lewis. He is the founder CEO of a company called Integrator & Co. They are a digital marketing agency based out of the Boston area that helps experts reach more people, scale their business, and increase online sales. Joel and his team specialize in funnel strategy, funnel design, funnel repair, and funnel building. In addition to generating millions of dollars and thousands of leads for his clients, Joel is the father of three. He is very passionate about the intersection of fatherhood and entrepreneurship, and I also see he is a fellow CrossFitter. Today, we're going to start off our conversation with the five reasons your website is killing your marketing efforts. So let's welcome Joel to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, hey, Joel, super excited to have you on the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. So welcome to the show. Show. Thanks, Doug. So happy to be on your show today. So I was super excited when I was looking at your bio and background because you have so many things that um, I'm deeply interested in. I know our audience is in terms of building a business, scaling a business. And as we got to you know the end of our conversation pre-recording, uh, talked about you know a couple of other things that you spend time with. One is your family. And I've noticed that you're also a CrossFitter. So um, <laughs> I, I, I can feel your pain. I'm in the box three, three, day, three days a week and then do a day of Olympic lifting as well. Wow. So. Awesome. So um, why don't we uh, why don't we start with the big meaty uh, thing right right up front? And uh, I think one of the talking points I saw that was interesting and maybe a bit shocking is it says five reasons why your website is killing your marketing efforts. Yes. So do you want to kind of walk us through you know what that is and you know why people probably don't realize it and they're ignoring it? Yeah, absolutely, Doug. And thank you for having me. And thank you for bringing up the family because, I, you know, for me, family first. And uh, and I'm going to forget who said this quote, but it's, it's, it goes, uh, the things that matter most should never come at the mercy at the thing, of the things that matter least. And I, I always love to, to lead with the family because, uh, you know, that's really uh, important. And that's really why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm sure probably a lot of your listeners do what they do as well. So in terms of the five reasons your website is killing you. So we all have been told, hey, you have to have a website. It's absolutely needed. And I still think a website is needed. It is that digital business card. It's your digital footprint. It's where you're going to have your blog, your podcast and all that kind of stuff. The thing with a website is that as you are aware, and you know we've been hearing it um, with social media, the rise of social media, people's attention span and everything like, everything like that. If you're driving traffic, meaning like you're paying money 
and you're or you're doing specific Facebook lives or specific posts and you're driving them to your website, you're literally driving them to a brick wall because your website has a lot of distractions. There's a lot of noise, what, what I like to call it. And what I mean by that is everything that they could click on on your website, just think about your homepage. If you just take a second and look at the above the fold, even before you scroll down on your homepage, just the above the fold, how many things can they click on on your website? Well, I, I'm glad this is a podcast and this isn't a visual because <laughs> I, would, I would get a big failing mark there. It'd be an F. <laughs> exactly. So the way I look at it is each one of those things is a call to action. Why not? Right. Because it's something they could click on and it's going to take them somewhere. Hopefully most of them will take the, keep them on your site, but it's going to take them to the about. It's going to take them to contact. It's going to take them to all these various. And from each one of those, if they go to the about, then they could go to contact or they could go to the podcast, right? So it's yeah. just it's just this, you know, if you try to wire that wire map it out, um, if you looked at your Google Analytics and try to look at the paths that people follow, there's no way to figure out like what's the most optimal path. So that's why I say each one of them are called to action. Not to mention when you see sites that have the social media stuff on the above the fold, which that takes them completely out of your website. They land I can't tell you how many times I, I go to do something on Facebook. Like I, I try not to be on Facebook too much, but it's like, okay, I, I need to reach out to someone on Facebook. I click on it. And before you know it, like I see a post or someone messages me and I start to interact with something and I completely, 10 minutes later, I completely <laughs> forget what, why did I go to Facebook to begin with? Yeah, right? <laughs> that's so, funny. So it's a distraction. Um, so each one of those are call to action. So that's, and if you're spending money, driving traffic to your website, even if it's a lead magnet page, but where there's those still he the header bars and those kind of things are still there, or maybe it's a blog post and stuff like that. There's too many distractions. And whereas if you have a funnel, which I don't know, do you know, does your audience know what a funnel is? Yeah, they'll know what a sales funnel is. And I was just okay. counting mine, by the way. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven distractions above the fold. <laughs> above the fold. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, and then before I go into the funnel, there is a masterful way to still have your website and not have uh, to, to direct the attention. So one great example is Pat Flynn. So if you go to Smart Passive Income, his Smart Passive Income um, website, yep. masterful. And if you look on his Smart Passive Income, you'll see his logo is nice and tiny on the upper left-hand side, uh, left side. Then his tabs, the home and the about and stuff like that, they're there, but they're very narrow. Like that whole head, header bar is like very narrow. And the, the font for the about and those things it's not black. It's not dark black. It's like grayish. And then if you look towards the center of the screen, you'll see a big hook. You'll see that hook statement, which talks about something about building an online business, I believe. And even though he has an image of him and his team on the right-hand side, even if your eyes were drawn to that image, he has dotted lines coming from the image back to that hook statement, right? So he's he's trying to focus our attention to the hook statement, how I like to, uh, and the analogy I like to use is called, um, I call it the above the fold hamburger. And uh, if you think about a hamburger, there's the, the top bun, the bottom bun, and then the stuff in between, right? Depending on your preference. So the top bun is your hook statement. 
It's that statement that's going to grab their attention. It's going to stop them in their tracks. It's going to either tug at their heart. It's going to speak to their benefit. It's going to drive curiosity. It's going to be something that's going to stop them in their track because remember, they're coming from social media or from somewhere that maybe organically they found you. How do you get their attention right away? So you have a powerful hook statement and his is brilliant because it's like five words and it, it's a really good hook statement. Then, um, so that's the, the, the above, that's the bun, like the, the, the top of the bun. And then inside, you should answer these questions. What is it? So what's this website about? Who's it for? Why do I need it? And then how do I get it? So again, if you look at Pat's, you could answer all those questions. And there's a nice, clean, green button, which in contrast to the white background, it really pops. Yeah. And it's like the color that really stands out above the fold, except for his logo again, which is kind of small. So it matches his branding color of the logo, but it really pops and stands out with that white contrast. And then the last part is the bottom of the bun, right? And, and that is the social proof. And if, again, you look at his above the fold, you could right at the bottom, you could kind of see, you know, New York Times and Forbes and those kind of things. And those are graded out. They're muted, right? Because he doesn't want your attention to go there. He wants your attention to go to his hook. And then the how do I get it, which is I think it says get started or something like that. Well, it makes sense. I mean, if everything is screaming for attention, people will be confused on on, on what to do. And like yeah. you said, you want to make it a very simple call to action. I think the other big advantage from for having a landing page with no distractions, so it's either either book an appointment or sign up for my email list or or basically go away, is that when you're doing that and tying that to either social or you're tying that to advertising, you can tailor that message to the social post or you can tailor it to, well, for Google, for example, you get, as you know, you get bonus points for having the same relevant content on the landing page as the ad. And if you're running Google as your web page, you're being penalized. You are. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's one of uh, one of the main reasons why um, your website is killing you. If you if you're spending that energy, effort, money to drive to traffic and some of the stuff that you just talked about as well. Now, again, there's a masterful way to kind of do it where your site is you know is designed better. Um, but even with that design, uh, like Pat Flint, I would still not encourage someone to run paid traffic to uh, to your website. And this is where um, the other problem is, you know, tracking Google Analytics, you know, looking at all the different paths that they end up taking. Again, if you're investing on driving traffic to something, you want to be able to be see the numbers clearly, like how many people landed? What did they click on? Did they take the action that I wanted them to take? Uh, another aspect of it is I'm forgetting the other, the other two right now, but let me talk about the funnel side of it, the advantage of the funnel, um, as opposed to a landing page. So I think I think a lot of times people associate a funnel to a landing page, which the first page of a funnel, yes, it's absolutely uh, a landing page. It looks like a landing page. The advantages are everything on that page is clear. Everything, um, everything that on that page is directing the visitor to take one of two options, either one, they take the call to action that you desire, you know, re- register, opt in, buy now, or they leave. Right. right? So yep. it's, yeah, it's very, very clear. <laughs> it makes it simple. Yep. You're either <laughs> in or you're out. Goodbye. You're in or you out. You could see the numbers. You can see how many people click from your ad, landed onto the page, and then how many people 
took action and how many people did not take action. You can see your conversion rates when you when you have a funnel. The other great thing, uh, one of the advantages between the website is easy to split test. So if you're using a platform like ClickFunnels, you could easy create easily create a version B. Um, you know, you have your control page and then you have your variation page. Yeah. Yeah. to see the difference in terms of your conversion. So then you could you could change your hook. You could change certain aspects to see what's getting you better results. The other advantage of a of a funnel versus a website is that once you once someone completes the call to action that you've you you, you know that you set up on your on your website on your, on your funnel, whether it's opt-in, register, whatever, you could continue that conversation, right? If you follow Digital Marketer, one of their big things is do a tripwire. So yep. if you, you have someone opt in for an ebook or something of value, immediately, don't, I mean, they've already, if we think about someone was out doing something online, they were on Facebook, they were on YouTube, they were doing something, you grab their attention, kudos to you, they stopped. They looked at your ad. They looked at your Facebook Live. They looked at your YouTube. They decided to click. They don't know you from anything, right? They, they don't know you from Adam unless you're doing retargeting, right? So if it's cold traffic, they don't know you at all. They saw your 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 thing. They clicked on it. That's amazing to have that to have someone do that, right? Just that alone is a is a huge win. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we like we really beat ourselves up, but I mean to get someone to grab their attention and get them to read your thing, and then click to your page is awesome. Then not only that, you got them to take action, whether it's register for your webinar, which means they're committing to an hour of their time or opting in to read your ebook or, you know, let alone buying something um, from cold traffic. Those are all huge wins. And sure then, they are. Yeah. Right. So at that point, you've already, for, for whatever reason, the wordings you use, the you know the, you agitated the pain your content your copy has struck a chord that it was enough for them to say hello or to give you know to to give your give them give you their email address or email phone number why not continue the conversation right why not see what else you could help them with at that point instead of just taking them to a thank you page this is where a funnel comes into play if you knew if you know your audience well enough, like it's, it appears you do because you were able to get them to take action, then think through what else would they need beyond this ebook? What else would they need beyond this webinar? And that's where a funnel comes really powerful because you could continue that conversation after they take that first action. Yeah, and I think one of the best, I can't remember which marketer did it, but one of the marketers in their sales funnel, they actually, uh, after you signed up, there was there was several steps to the funnel, but they they began adding value right away. Yes. So, you know, they it wasn't just a promise of, hey, keep, you know, sign up for more stuff. Um, they started building value and adding value to you as a user immediately. And I think from, um, you know, I'm not an expert on, on running webinars, but I'm, I'm assuming that that really helps to keep Absolutely. people involved because it's like wow like i signed up and then i went to this page and they offered me some more value and some more value and some more value all before i even got to the webinar yes opposed to hey pull out your credit card and buy a bunch <laughs> of stuff so there was actually actionable stuff and, and immediate wins yeah and we call it indoctrination sequence like so okay. once someone registers for the webinar 
on the thank you confirmation page, we often give something like a freebie on the thank you confirmation page. Again, value, um, not just any piece of, you know, sometimes people just smack something get together and think that it's valuable. It's like, no, actually gives them something of value because if they consume that thing and they're able to get some result and result could be in terms of uh, something tangible or it could be something like, I'm sure you've, you've, you know, you and I, we, we read tons of books, right? And sometimes it's just one thing in a book that just shifts the way that you think, right? And it's not something tangible, but it just shifts the way that you think. And that is huge, right? Because the, the way you've been thinking maybe held you in a box. And then now someone gives you some, a different way of looking at it. And it's like, wow. So that's why I try to speak to my, you know, tell my clients, it's like, it doesn't have to be something tangible, but it has to be something of value, whether it's going to be something that they could take action on and get some results right away before the webinar or something that's going to start to change their thinking with, you know, any false beliefs that they have with regards to something. And then well, from- it's funny because I, I had read Russell Brunson's book and that was the one thing that he talked about was what's the, what's the one thing? He said the big, the quickest way to kill your webinar, if I remember it correctly, yes. correct me if I'm wrong, the big is, domino. Is, is, is to start teaching people. Mm-hmm. He said, because you start teaching them to solve their problem and they might not realize what the big, the one big thing is. Exactly. Like said, yeah, yeah. He calls it the big, the big domino. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And then from the, from the confirmation page, then you have your email sequences, which would continue to deliver value prior to them showing up for the webinar. So it's, it's, it's own, I mean, I'm, I'm sure your audience have heard this before, but, you know, giving value prior to the webinar, as much value as you can. So, because what you're doing, again, you're taking someone who doesn't know you at all. So how can I give as much value as possible before they get onto this webinar so that by the time they get onto the webinar, they're predisposed to, to, to listen to you because you want yeah. them to listen for that 45 minutes, right? Before you eventually you're going to get to a pitch if you're, if you're doing a sales webinar. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is let's just hope that they show up. Right. Exactly. So how, how can we how can we make make you know to to build a relationship yes. as quickly as we can so they see value and trust us yes. to show up and give up forty five minutes of their time? Absolutely. Um, and yeah, then indoctrination so. sequence. I mean, we had a client recently who just did a webinar. He didn't want to drive um, paid traffic to it, which I completely understand. And sometimes I recommend not going prime time on your on your first webinar. And he ended up having like 50 people on, on the webinar. I mean, 50 people registered. Yeah. He had 28 people show up live, Yeah, which is, which is huge. That's a good it's, number. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah. I mean, for, out, of, out of the 50, right? It's, yeah. it, it's huge and, and uh, very engaged, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you, you have to have that indoctrination sequence. You have to give that value so that people do end up showing up live. So, you know, I think you've done a great job explaining the, you know, the obvious opportunity for our listeners to why, you know, why setting up a funnel and directing people there opposed to your homepage makes a lot of sense. Yes. So kind of where's the, where's the low hanging fruit when people come to you and they say, Hey, you know, I want to scale my business. You know, I'm doing whatever, fill in the blank. I'm doing, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and I want to get to my goal is to get to seven figures. What are they typically missing to, to move from where they are to there? Yeah, great question. Um, and just the, so I could, I want to always want to make sure that I summarize everything because I have a uh, like a teaching background. So uh, <laughs> I want to make sure to, before we move on to that. So just to list out those five things in terms of why your website is, is killing you. Number one, too many distractions. So no focus, right? Too many, there's so many things going on. 
too many calls to actions, which we talked about, decision fatigue, they're clicking all over the place. The stats are hard to track or harder to track versus a funnel. Too hard to change, right? Sometimes you may have had someone build your website or you use a template and you just want to make some changes to, to kind of split test or not split test, but to test something different. And it no. may be too hard to make those changes depending on whether you're using WordPress or whatever. And then last one is impossible to A-B test. It may be impossible to A-B test if you're depending on what platform that you're on. So just wanted to put those five things out there and summarize them. No, and that's good. I mean, that's true. I mean, there's obviously there's platforms that will allow you to do A-B testing and serve unique content. Um, but now we're getting to more advanced content right. management systems. Yeah. So yeah. I would rather take do, do the easy thing first, get some yes. win. <laughs> and then when buckets of money start coming in, then say, well, what could I do next to, to make to improve on that? But get get some money in the door first. Don't spend a year building it. Exactly. So the low hanging fruit for those who don't have a website right now, just so you know, I started my business. Like I was the person when I had a podcast, I started with a podcast and uh, it was called, it's called startup dad headquarters. It's still available. I put it on pause cause it wasn't the income generator. Right. So you got to focus on what's generating revenue. I did 140 interviews because I was working at Intel corporation at the time. I was a, a senior manager at Intel and I was trying to figure out how do you leave a corporate job um, with a family, I had three, three wife and three kids. And how do you leave a corporate job to become an entrepreneur? Because I was listening <laughs> to all these podcasts, yeah. right? And, uh, yeah. you know, Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas, and they're interviewing parents, clearly their parents. And it's like, but they never talked about, like, they never really went deep into that. How do you do that? Um, and how do you balance that without sacrificing the family? So I, I went and I said, well, I'm going to do start my own podcast. And I started one sort of dad headquarters focusing on dads. And I interviewed 140 dads all over the world, asking them, how do you balance family and, and business? And I, I spent all this time because on, on the disc profile, I'm a CD. Uh, for those who don't know what this profile is, it's just a, it's one of those personality assessment. Yeah. And a C is someone who's like very detailed, very organized, perfectionist, could get into that realm. So it took me forever to launch my podcast. I got all the fancy equipment, <laughs> all the lighting, right? I was yeah, make, I was yeah, making yeah. no money, right? Yeah, I yeah. got all the fancy stuff. I built a whole website. I had someone build a website. I invested in a website. It looked beautiful. Everything was great. Now, remind, remember, I said at the beginning, I had to put it on pause because it wasn't an income generator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I did yeah. all this thing. It was like a year and a half of work. And I was like, okay. And then I tried to monetize it after the fact, which is a big no-no. Uh, you start a podcast after you have a business, not before. Not all of us could be John Lee Dumas and monetize a podcast. And then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I did this assessment. I read the 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. And I realized that I was a CD. And I was like, oh, this is what's killing me. It's the fact that I'm allowing my C, which is the perfectionist, to drive me versus my D, which is the entrepreneur, the leader, mm -hmm. the, the go-getter. Yeah. So I had to shut down my C, allow my D to thrive. And I said, you know what? What do people need? And I realized that I was doing some work for Jamie Masters, uh, who's Eventual Millionaires, her podcast. And I realized that entrepreneurs needed, they, they were struggling with the technology side of things and they needed to do webinars, but you know, all the stuff that you need to put in place to get a webinar to run and not, and not, during the webinar, you don't have to worry about it. So I put together a webinar. I created a webinar production agency. This time around, I did no website. I had just a mind map, kind of like a visual of what the service would look like. Yeah. And I started cold outreaching to people in Facebook. I started searching in Facebook. I just 
you know, face, Facebook is an amazing search tool if people don't know. And I just started typing webinars and then I would click on post. And then I, you know, people always advertising their webinars, right? And I would find people who either did a webinar already or is going to do a webinar. And then I would, this was like three and a half years, four years ago, um, when it was easier to direct message people in Facebook. And I would just direct message them with one question. Hey, I see you did a webinar. Are you planning on doing more? And instantly people started replying back and I started the conversation. And from there, I said, I said, I told them I have this service. I send them the mind map. We got on a call and I started selling people. And within two months of that, I was already at five figures. I had no website. That's really cool. I had no website (laughs) at all, right? I didn't build a website until about a year and a half later when some of my clients started saying, hey, how do I refer people? When I refer people to you, it'd be great to have something to send them to. And that's when I finally put together a website. Actually, it's not even, it wasn't even a website. I I used ClickFunnels and I built a one page website where it's just the, the scrolling page website. So I guess really just a landing page, if you will. Well, it's interesting that you did both. I mean, you came in the first time, super analytical, no proof of concept, spent a bunch of time and money, didn't work, which is, I think, what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely gone into projects like that myself. And then you step back and go, hmm, that doesn't work. So you try a different approach, which is, hey, let's go have some sales conversations and see if the market wants what I have. Exactly. Uh, very quickly, very easily, you 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 put that together. Got some results, went, oh, well, maybe now I need a website to so people can, yeah, you know, like they can refer me some more business. Exactly. And even now, our integrator and co website is just a ClickFunnels page. Uh, it's just a ClickFunnels page and that. And, you know, now we're multiple six figure business. So, in terms of low hanging fruit, don't waste time on your website. Stop wasting time on tweaking, tweaking, and tweaking, and tweaking. Spend your time doing the sales, spend your time doing the thing that is, that you feel resistant, right? And you're maybe a little bit afraid to do. It feels a little bit harder. It's like, it's less sexy. It's what's going to get you the result. In terms of low hanging fruit, from a funnel standpoint, if you, if you're, you know, let's say you're making, you're over a hundred thousand or making six figures or what, what have you, this, this three types of funnels to think about. There's an acquisition funnel, which is a funnel. It's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's like, do I need more leads, right? There's there's prospects and then there's leads. Do I need more leads? Do I need to grow my email list? Because email is still king, regardless of what anyone tells you. Webinars are not dead. Stop listening to people who say webinars are dead. And (laughs) webinars are still great. And like you said, Doug, webinars is a great way to you know, show your authority, teach someone, give value, you know, and maybe they don't, they don't buy off of that first webinar, but I've seen for clients where people, the same person will watch multiple webinars over and over again before they finally decide to buy. So webinars are not dead. You you could, if you, you could dial in your webinar, put it on automated and, and have it run. But there's an acquisition funnel, which is basically to acquire leads to grow your list. Right. It, yeah. Right. Cause if you feel like you're just constantly trying to cold outreach, cold outreach, cold outreach, then you need to grow your list. So that's one. So if you're in that place and you need to grow your list, you need more leads that you could, so you could potentially turn them into customers, then you need acquisition funnels. If, and I could go into what, you know, the types of acquisition funnels. The next one is an activation funnel, 
which again is exactly what it sounds like. It's like, I have these leads. How do I get them to become customers? How do I get them to take that first step? How do I change that relationship from a relationship of them just kind of, you know, getting free stuff from me to a relationship of them now investing and actually paying, whether it's a dollar, $50, $100, what have you. Again, Digital Marketer is a great example of this. They, they do these splinter offers where it's like for 95 bucks, you know, you could get this one program. And, you know, your, your activation component could be a free plus shipping book funnel. Sure. Which, yeah. those, are, those are great. And that those great, those were great. There's certain funnels that were great for acquiring. So that acquisition and activation, uh, a free plus shipping book funnel is one of those funnels. It works really, really great, especially if you're using a two-step order form. Yeah, I've seen I've seen them work really well. Like you said, for both acquisition and yes. and and well, I'd call it conversion activation. You know, mm-hmm. you get people to pull out their credit card multiple times in the same <laughs> the same <laughs> the same instance. Yes, yeah. and then and then the last one is your ascension funnel, which is basically those are your higher ticket, right? If you're in that space where you've been doing one-on-one coaching, uh, maybe you've been doing the group coaching, maybe you want to take it to the next level where you have weekend retreat, you want to do live event, or you want you, maybe you want your one-on-one coaching to become a higher ticket thing where you, anything that you, maybe you're at the point where you want to start doing sales, you want to raise your prices and you want to do sales calls to make sure you qualify Those leads, that's when you have your activation funnels. Those would be your high ticket. And if you could visualize all three of those and then kind of put them under an umbrella, I, you know, I consider, and it's probably not my term, but it's probably something I learned from all of my years of training is, you know, the umbrella is conversion funnel. So you have your conversion funnel, which is the umbrella. And then under the conversion funnel, you have those three, your acquisition, your activation and your ascension. And they link together via your email nurturing sequences. And your email nurturing sequence takes that person from being an acquisition, a lead, to an activation, buying a low ticket thing. And then you're giving them more value, more value, more value. And then from that, from that activation to the ascension, which now they're buying your higher ticket thing. And if you just really think about like one person you followed maybe for a very long time, for me, it's Russell Brunson. Like I've followed ClickFunnels for a very long time. I've purchased almost everything in Russell's value ladder, um, if you will, from being acquired all the way to his high ticket offers. So looking at the three funnels and I, I understand them. I mean, they, they, it makes sense, right? I mean, you need to build a relationship with people. So that's the dating before you get married. Exactly. Stuff. Yes. Out of the three, where do you generally see people fail the most? Like where, where's the, you know, yes, you know, you got acquisition, activation, and ascension. So, you know, obviously the people that still have the lights on are doing some things right. (laughs) But so, but out of those three, where do you think uh, most people fail? I mean, you've done, uh, I don't know how many funnels you've, you've, you've built. Um, what, what the hundreds. Yeah, hundreds. Yeah. And yeah, it's a great question. And and it goes back to the resistance. What people tend to do is go towards the activation, which it's in 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 a way it makes sense. I need to get more leads. I need to get more leads. Let me put together these lead magnets and and all this kind of stuff. But if you need to run a business, what does a a business need? You need cash flow. You need revenue. You need money coming in. Right. So that's why 
spending money on a website, spending time on a website doesn't make sense. Spending time on a lead magnet in the beginning doesn't make sense as well. You want to start at your activation funnel, at the very least at your activation funnel. And the activation funnel, you know, I kind of talked about like the tripwire or the splinter offer, which is kind of a low ticket. The activation funnel could be, you know, from 10 bucks to 1500, 2000. It, it just... It depends on how good you are, whether or not you have to do a sales call, you know, kind of like industry standard, anything like over $2,000, you have to do a sales call. You can't sell it outright, but there are people, if you, if you do the right targeting, if you have the right message, you can do a webinar or have an activation funnel that will take someone from practically almost cold to buying something that's $1,500, $2,000, maybe $597, you know, anywhere in between there, it is absolutely possible. We have clients who have webinars, live webinars, and then we convert them to automated webinars and they're just churning out. I mean, we have one client, uh, she, she gets so many, tra- she gets so much traffic to a website that she doesn't even run ads. We did the webinar three times. And then from there, we automated it. And then on her website, we just have the hello bar. And then from the hello bar, they click on it. And then takes them to the webinar and then they watch the webinar and then she's selling a $597 offer and it's just converting organically. So an activation funnel is a great place to start. And then once you have that revenue coming in and you, you're getting the ROI from your investment, then you could, you could turn around and focus on those lower uh, value ladder items, the eBooks and the quizzes and those kind of things, or you could do the opposite and go higher on your value ladder if you choose to, where it's like, okay, I'm going to build my high ticket thing now and then eventually come back and do your podcasts and, and all these kind of, you know, front end of, of the funnel offers. So let's go down to the, the question that no one really likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they don't want the truthful answer. So if you, if I relate it to fitness, for example, so you're a CrossFit guy, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm new to CrossFit or relatively new. So I'm not doing bar muscle ups yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and so if I asked, you know, if I asked my coach, you know, how long it's going to take me to do that? Um, mm-hmm. What I'd like to hear is an answer. It'll take me about three or four weeks mm-hmm. and I'll learn how to do that. And the reality is that it takes lots of people multiple years to get there. Yeah. So in terms of timing, for our audience that's listening, going, okay, hey, that sounds really cool. And yeah, I understand. It makes sense. I should probably do this. How long does it take to put this into place where you've actually got um, new dollars coming in the door? I'm not, I'm not exactly, I mean, the, every business is different. So I'm not trying to paint you into a corner, yeah. but people need to know, you know, when people ask me for, to help them with marketing and advertising, I tell them this isn't a two week fix, yes. right? You know, if we're going to run ads, we're going to need to test, 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 test. And once we test and figure out what converts, then we'll scale, but we might test for six weeks before yeah. we spend all your budget. Yes. Um, so over to you. Yeah, and that's a great question. I just came back from the ClickFunnels conference, Funnel Hacking Live, and one of the main themes that came out of that conference, which was it was a great, it was a great conference to go to. If you if you haven't been, Doug, I, I highly recommend it. It's not just about the, the, the application, right? You think it's a SaaS company and it's just going to be a conference about the application? No, you know they focus a lot on marketing and they talk about a lot of the stuff that we're talking about uh, today and like the trends and what's coming out and all that kind of stuff. So it's a really great conference. So one of the themes, because whenever I go to conferences, it's like, 
I could take, you know, a bazillion pages of notes and I've done that in the past. And then I walk away and it's like, I can't implement any of this. Like, I don't have time to implement all of this. So what I've been focusing on doing is just like each speaker, find a theme, try to find a theme, a key thing that they're saying. And then as I listen to each speaker, I find the, the common thread. And one of the common threads that, I, that came out of this conference was that, you know, if we think back to... 30 years, 40 years, 50 years ago, maybe even further back. I mean, there was one speaker who talked about the uh, the circus Ringley Brothers. And uh, I think what was it called? The, mer- the Mermaid Hoax. Um, if anyone's, you could Google it and look at the Mermaid Hoax. And it was like this whole thing that this, I think it was the uh, museum or the Ringley Brothers, some, something like that. This whole thing that they put together, it was a campaign, basically. They built a campaign in preparation to announce the grand opening, the thing, right? They put a lot of energy, effort, time. It wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just one ad. It wasn't just, you know, one time silver bullet. It was like a a lot of creativity, a lot of resourcefulness. You know, Tony Robbins say, you you don't have the lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. They, They put a lot of things behind it prior to that launch. Nowadays, we feel like, Maybe because of Amazon and everything needs to be fast and prime and, you know, it it rides on your doorstep the same day. We feel like we could put one ad up and we could do one webinar and we're going to get results. It doesn't work that way. I mean, Russell, I keep bringing up Russell because he's just an amazing marketer. You know, he built ClickFunnels to a $100 million business in about four years. And he did his webinar every single week for an entire year. And this guy is a guy who's an expert in marketing and been studying this stuff for years and years and years. He had to dial his webinar in until the point it was converting really well. And then he finally automated it. And it's been automated for the last four years after he did it every single week for a year. Now he's automated. And for the last four years, it's been generating leads and business for, you know, people buying his SaaS software. So yeah, to, I think it, I thought it was interesting when I heard him say that. And I, I've often seen people who want to go from idea yeah. to, hey, let's monetize our list into an evergreen webinar. Right. So it, it that's that's just like when, you know, you started your first business and businesses that I've started that didn't work or projects I've worked on that didn't work because there was no testing and we had no market data. So I said to them, well, how are you going to get any feedback? Well, what do you right. mean? So we're going to just drive people to an evergreen webinar. You're going to miss all the good stuff. You're going to miss the questions, the interaction right. and, and the learning and people's pain points. Exactly. Exactly. So in terms of your, to answer your question, I think it depends on the, the business you're running, right? So in my story, I said in t- within two months, I was at five figures. So it was like, hey, Joel, you said you got, you did it in two months. I'm a service-based business, right? So if you're right. someone, yeah. if, you're, if you're someone trying to start a business, start with service, right? Because it's like, it's an easy exchange. It's, it's, it's like, I'm going to do this for you and you're going to pay me, right? right? But if you're trying to do digital, sell a course, sell a program, DIY, these type of things, it's a different story. It's a whole different story because there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of competition and everything like that. It comes down to, did you do your work? Did you, did you look at the red ocean? So then what market are you trying to serve? Yeah. Hey, I'm in a red ocean. And then from that red ocean, did you create a blue ocean offer? Did you create something that differentiates? So one of the examples from the conference is these two young ladies who are sisters. They made $10 million in six months doing 
mobile home flipping. <laughs> they <laughs> they carried a program <laughs> on how to flip mobile homes, right? So, okay, let's say that's in the let's say that's in the real estate market, right? That's a blue ocean. I mean, a red ocean. Yeah, they took that. And then they say, hey, we know how to do mobile home. I don't even know what that looks like. The only thing I could imagine in my head, I'm originally from New York and I'm like, okay, maybe they take a 300, they buy a mobile home for 300 bucks and then they renovate it. Like it's a New York City studio. You know how you watch those, uh, (laughs) where the the stove becomes a bed at night. Like, you know, they renovate it and they, 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 what's the word? Flip it out, not flip it out, but, uh, you know, they make it, they they deck it out and everything. And then they sell it for 30,000. That's the only thing I could imagine. That's Um, fine. Right. Um, But they they created this amazing, unique offer, you know, from a red ocean to a blue ocean. And it stood out. Right. I mean, the fact that the women stands out in the real estate niche stands out mobile home flipping. Like what? I mean, you see a website or ad that says you're going to stop. I don't care who you are. It's like what people do this. Like you're going to stop and look at it. And that was able they were able to do that kind of revenue in a short period of time. So. I know I'm not I'm not giving a, a definitive answer. Last thing I'll say, I think in if you did your homework, the red ocean to the blue ocean and you and you understand your audience, there's always the early adapters. There's yeah. always the people who want to stand on the iPhone line, the line waiting for the new iPhone, you know, the the night before, the two nights before. There's always those people that are ready, like I'm a serial beta tester. Right. Like I <laughs> sometimes yeah. it works. Sometimes it bites me. Sometimes it works out yeah. really well. Right. So I'm a person like I'm always I if something is beta test, I'm like, I'm going to jump on it. Lead pages. I beta test the click models. I beta test. Right. And then I get locked in into these grandfather deals, which is like super sweet. Uh, so there's always if you find the right niche, you find those early adapters. Yeah. You could do one webinar and get some sales. There's, there's the possibility that that could happen. But I would not count on that. I would I would count on doing the work, figure out the red ocean, blue ocean. What's your market that you're in? Find out that unique positioning, create an offer. Yeah. Um, and we could probably have a whole conversation about the offer piece and then create a campaign around your webinar. Uh, maybe don't go prime time on the first one, right? Try to <laughs> try to not have a bazillion yeah, people work, register. Work the, work the bugs out. Make your mistakes. Make your with mistakes. a small audience. Yeah, with a small audience. If you have a list, it's always great to drive your list to to the a set. You know, like the the client that I talked about, who now her webinars on autopilot. You know, her list was like eighteen thousand. The first webinar we did, we only drove five hundred people to it. Right. I mean, we only emailed 500 people, which means like, you know, maybe 100 people registered. I can't remember right now. And then as we did, as she, as she got better and better and better, we yeah, started driving. Yeah. yeah, we started to scale up. So I, I think that's the best way I could answer that that question. Well, from start, I, the from start to finish to, to build out a to build out a funnel. So if someone's going to work with you. Oh, um, yes, I see. That's you know, that's kind of where I was going is, is, you know, yeah. You know, I know that a lot, that a lot depends on the client. Clients hold things up, they get delayed, they don't edit copy, they don't approve stuff, they don't get back to you, they have bigger projects, they have cash clients come in. So yes. the client delaying the project aside, so the client, your perfect client shows up and does everything you ask. Yep. Um, how long does it typically take you to work somebody through the process so they have a, have a funnel they can start testing? Okay, so we had a client who deals in the depression, suicide niche. She became a client. And like a week, two weeks later, 
Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade committed suicide. And I reached out to her and I said, we had already knew what funnels we were going to be building, um, but we had, we, we were, she was still being onboarded. And usually like the onboarding is like a week to two weeks. And I said, hey, if, if they had gotten your, your book, because one of the funnels we were going to build was a free plus shipping book funnel. It's like, if they had gotten your book, would, um, do you think that the, your book would have helped them? And she's like, absolutely. None of my, and this, this uh, client is a uh, more mature uh, a lot more mature in age. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like, I've never had any of my past clients ever commit uh, suicide. And I was like, well, you know what? We have to, I, mean, it, I didn't. Yeah, the timing. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the timing. Yeah. I didn't, I you know, it. yeah. It's, yeah, you get me, right, Doug? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there's one side, you you don't want to profit off of the fact right. that somebody's, somebody's taking their life. But on the other side, the media are going to be more receptive to the message because it's right. it's it's a huge issue in America, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the big thing, you know, like Tony Robbins and a lot of people say, it's your moral obligation to get your thing to them. Yes, because, it is, yeah. You know, if, we de- <laughs> if we're delayed, then you have more suicides and depression and stuff. So- I told the client, like, we need to get this funnel up now. And we built it in 14 days. And it's, yeah. it's on, on my website. It's actually one of the case studies on, on the website. And we built it in 14 days. And that's the funnel that it's organically, it's, it's driving tons of traffic. It's selling her book. And the book is three years old. Now, that's not, you know, this client was already, you know, she, she'd been on Oprah. She had websites. She had content. So this client was already well stacked in terms of like, we, we almost had everything that we needed in order to build out the funnel. It was just creating the offers for the offer bump and the upsells and everything like that. Yeah. On average, what I tell people four to six weeks, you know, okay. um, if we're building out free plus shipping funnel, if we're building out webinars, it's about four to six weeks and to get around the whole, cause we deal with a lot of doctors, healthcare professionals to get around that whole piece of, um, client delay. There's a number of things we do. Um, and your previous conversation with the OBM, um, absolutely on point. We use a project management tool called ClickUp, ClickUp which is amazing. Um, we went from, what was it called? Trello. We went from Trello to Redbooth and from Redbooth to ClickUp. ClickUp, I, I know one's talking about it. It's an absolutely amazing, amazing tool. And it's like next level from Redbooth. And we have everything systematized for onboarding a client all the things that we need right there. We invite the client into their own private workspace and they see everything. I, I record videos explaining every, cause you know, we get into our jargon, right? Yeah, that's right. So I try to, again, because of my, my teaching background, like I try to break things down to the simplest level and I record videos and uh, I use Loom. Uh, if anyone hasn't heard about Loom, it's an absolutely amazing tool to create screen share videos. Yeah, I uh, use it for my team as well. Yeah, absolutely. For, especially for training videos for your team. It's absolutely great. So I use it for my clients as well. And you could embed the Loom inside the ClickUp and and we have the tasks and the subtasks and everything is really nicely laid out for the client. So that's one way to kind of shorten sure the time frame. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is I meet with my client every single week. Yeah, we, from the first time we have our first call, I said, hey, when can we lock in a weekly call? And we find whatever time that works best. And then we meet every single week. It's very rare that a client's like, oh, I, I can't find a, you know, I don't know if I could find a, a thing. In those cases, it's like, okay, well, give us your your login, um, your give us your link to your scheduling. And then I'll have my admin every single week find an opening and then we'll book 
a time. Well, aren't you guys smart? There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it easy for the make it easy for the client instead of making it difficult and making them do all the work. Right. Exactly. So, and that's the way. Yeah, we kind of get around that. And 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 if if everything goes according to plan, it's about four to four to six weeks to get the funnel up and running traffic is driving to it and then we provide another 30 days of support to tweak it do funnel audibles to increase the conversions and and those kind of things well, that's really cool mm -hmm. so i just want to say thanks so much for sharing with us today we're running uh, running uh, to the end of the show we probably need to do another episode and talk <laughs> about how we how we as 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 men don't uh, bury ourselves in our work and forget yeah. that we've got a we've got a wife and kids that we need to look after and that's more important than uh, than the clients are <clears throat> so important. And my clients listen to this so they they understand why i don't take their phone calls in the evenings um, <laughs> or the weekends. Right. Um, so who's one guest, uh, Joel, that you think I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Oh, man, there's so many good ones. Okay, so I would say Mary Catherine. Um, have you had anyone on your podcast that talks about bots yet? I have not. Messenger bots? No. Okay, Mary Catherine's absolutely, because um, Messenger bots is, you know, in terms of leading edge and where things are going, and she's speaking at, I think this is her second year speaking at Social Media Marketing World. And so Mary Catherine is one that I would absolutely recommend. I think her site is Bot Mama, something like that. Yeah, I think I've seen, I think I've seen her before. So if you wouldn't mind making an introduction, that would be amazing. Oh yeah, no problem. Absolutely. And most important question. So for our listeners who enjoyed our conversation today and would like to connect with you on a deeper level and learn more about what you're doing, uh, where's the best place for them to find you? Actually, Doug, I have a, a welcome page just for the, your audience. It's uh, integratorandco.com forward slash R-M-R-M. F. So that's, you know, real marketing real fast. So RMRF and it's integrator and co.com. And on there, I actually have a, a micro video series that I did, which, which talks about the, how to get high quality leads and convert them into buyers. So I break down the acquisition funnel, the whole conversion funnel piece that I talked about earlier. So I actually break that down and talk about the different funnel types for each one. And if you're an author, if anyone here who's an author who's wondering like, well, how do I sell more copies of, of my book? Because I know on average authors, they sell two, on average, they sell 250 copies of their book. And I have this client who has, you know, three, we have multiple clients who have their, their books as three, four years old, and they're selling hundreds, if not thousands of copies of their books on autopilot. And I have a, a little training that shows how to maximize the ROI from your book and sell it on autopilot, even if it's, you know, four or five years old excellent well hey i just clicked over to the page it looks nice even put my picture up there thanks <laughs> you're welcome so, I mean, there, there's an example of um making an offer and then driving somebody to a page so when they get there they're not confused they're going like yes this is what i heard oh yes i'm in the right spot because it identifies that you know we're listeners of the podcast so thanks again for sharing thanks for being generous with your time and um just letting us know kind of what's happening and what's working and uh, all the good stuff that you guys are doing you're welcome, Doug. And uh, thanks for everyone who tuned in and, and listened and uh, continue listening uh, to, this, to this podcast. It's, it's amazing. Great work you're doing, Doug. Thanks so much. 
So there you go, listeners. There's another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. And we'll make sure we transcribe the show notes so you can go back and check on the five things. And then you can also look at the uh, the three types of sales funnels that you should be uh, you should be using to grow your business, um, acquisition, activation, and ascension. So thanks again to Joel for taking time out of his day and sharing with you. And thanks for you taking time and listening to our message. I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.